Hello and welcome to episode three of the Mustang Report. My name is Jeff Pacheco and I'll be your guest host for today's episode. Uh, I currently coach the Mustang field hockey team and I'm really looking forward to the discussion today. Today we're talking about the diversity in sport amidst Black History Month. Uh, we have a number of Mustang student athletes that are joining us from various sports. And we also have a coach that once was a Western alumni and she's also joining us. Uh, this will be a very interesting and uh, meaningful conversation, and I hope this helps you better understand the landscape of sport uh, as it is today. Here with us, we have a variety of different athletes from different sports. Uh, first, we have Becky LeBlanc, uh, who is Western alumni with, with basketball. Hi, Becky. Now U of T, they say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Aaron Tennant with men's basketball. Thanks, Aaron. Uh, Trey Humes with men's football. Well, I guess there's only one football. Thanks, Trey. Uh, Omar Shidu, and he's with basketball as well. Uh, Jordan is with basketball as well. Hey, Jordan. Uh, Keon Edwards, K5, notoriously known as. Thank you. Uh, he's with football. Uh, Seth Edwards with track and field. Hey, Seth, thanks for joining us. And maybe to come, we have favor from track and field as well. So today uh, we're talking about diversity in sport. And as we're in the middle of Black History Month, um, <clears throat> I'm joined by uh, the athletes that are currently on the screen with you, and we're very interested in uh, hearing what their conversation sounds like, and uh, hopefully they can provide a better landscape on how sport needs to look like going forward. So I'm going to jump right into it. Uh, before I get into sort of the core discussion around uh, sort of some of the diversity uh, issues that we're going to talk about, um, maybe um, <clears throat> let's say uh, K5, uh, before we get into the core discussion, just wanted to go around and uh, ask you, you know, how the fall season was and what that winter terms looked like and what it meant getting back to OUA competition uh, and how does it feel to be back? Well, I know your season's over, but how does it feel? Um, honestly, um, it felt like probably from the start, it felt great. Um, I haven't seen a lot of these guys probably since two years, maybe, probably like a year. Um, honestly, just getting back on the field, it, it probably just meant like, it just meant just like everything to us. Um, we started off, we played Mac, um, played Guelph, we lost some games, well, well, one game. And then once we got to the end, it was good from there. But, <laughs> but honestly, you know, it was just good to be back, just like playing, just like playing sports again. Um, obviously, we ended off well, which was one of the best things that happened. But yeah, I think that's about it. No, that's good. And uh, going from a fall sport to uh, a sport that's in right now with Aaron in basketball. Aaron, how'd you feel about sort of you know, missing the year and then coming back and now you're in full swing. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, uh, you know, coming back into the OUA. And then even this year, I had a little break over, you know, January with the sus suspension of the, of the, you know, the league. So um, we're just getting back into it, um, you know, kind of trying to find our footing again. And hopefully we can, you know, sprint out to the, the playoffs, which is coming up pretty fast, actually, because, um, you know, it's coming up March already, so. No, fair enough. And uh, Jordan, uh, maybe you might want to have something to add as well. Yeah, it just feels great to be actually on the court since last year we didn't get to play. So this year is actually my first year playing. So just great to be on the court and playing and just getting ready for the championships. Uh, fantastic. Um, moving on to the next question. Uh, obviously, we're getting together today to discuss diversity. Um, you know, 
how how where were you or you know let's start with um trey um how where were you about your racial identity and the existence of you know what it meant to be in a diverse community where you're growing up so talk about sort of some of the racial identity uh components of the diversity that you've experienced yeah for sure um definitely very aware at a young age like it's something that you know my parents and my friends and family, you know, we we talk about it and, and discuss. And it's kind of something that you you have to know and be aware of just walking in into the world. Um, you can't go into it just with, with a blindfold. There's going to be people who have, you know, um, uh, thoughts and, and ideas and biases about you just because of the, the color of your skin. Um, but the, the biggest thing just just growing up was, you know, kind of like a slap in the face is when you're playing like certain certain teams that are from kind of like rural um, areas that don't have many, you know, people of color. And then you get the N-word thrown around at you like during the games and they're trying to like knock you off your game and things like that. So at a very young age, I had to learn like you can't, when you react to those things, like the refs only see the reaction, right? So you're the one getting penalized um, for these things. And it, it just kind of teaches you at a very young age how to, you know, try to be able to, you know, control your emotions um, and, and it's a, it's really a, a life lesson as well because there's things that like that that happen outside of the off of the field as well. So, but yeah, I was just definitely from 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 that point and and going forward, just being aware of of my family, my history, um, and just um, yeah, just knowing like the community that that you're around as well. So. No, and, and, and that's great. Thanks for sharing. And, you know, uh, what I pulled from that is people are not at all in tune with the mental uh, strength that you need to, to face this, you know, external adversity. Um, you know, going from a team sport to maybe a bit more of a individual based sport with track and field, you know, Seth, um, you know, how, how did you overcome some of the adversity uh, or discrimination that you might have faced in the past? Oh, well, it was a little different for me just because I grew up in a predominantly, like I would say, like black society. Uh, I grew up in Barbados. So there, I would say the, the social demographic was kind of like a 90% black. And then like the the rest of the, the proportion was split up amongst like different races. Um, but coming to Canada, um, coming to Western and, and competing has definitely been a, a different environment. Um, being able to adapt to that has definitely been something that like requires a lot of patience um a lot of like intrinsic uh how do i really kind of describe it um like, internal strength i would say to to be able to overcome any type of like backlash or discrimination that you might face um so yeah that's pretty much it no, thanks. And, uh, you know, Becky, when I hear um, that you've gone through the Western program and now you're uh, giving back as a coach, you know, what are some of the, those racial identity pieces that you hold on to that you can help uh, the next generations coming through with? Yeah, I think that I just, I use my own experiences and things that I went through to kind of make sure that, you know, my athletes don't have to go through that or, you know, if there is something that needs to be talked about, we talk about it, and we address it right away. Um, I just kind of use my own experience to, to guide my coaching so that they can have a more positive experience. Um, <clears throat> this one here is for the floor, um, only because, you know, I don't really want to say that, you know, 
hear this question off to one person because uh, I, I can't say that has happened, but it's very likely that it has. Uh, can anybody uh, sort of elaborate on a racial discrimination uh, piece during their sporting career and how do you dealt with it? It's an open question. I know um, I'm who's directed at it, but if anybody wants to go um, that hasn't spoken yet, maybe. Well, I'll chime up. Um, I, you know, uh, playing sport, field hockey, it's not a, a very commonplace sport, um, but there's a lot of uh, Sikhs that play uh, field hockey and, uh, you know, where they wear their turban or puggerty at times. And we were in Argentina and uh, they really hadn't seen a lot of Sikhs come through and uh, obviously uh, sticking out very much so a huge visible minority, which they don't get a lot of. And uh, during one of the games, you know, uh, one of the Argentines came up and literally tried to knock his uh, puggerty right out of his head here. And with success, the next thing you know, people don't realize how long their hair is and it goes down to, you know, his lower torso and people are blown away and it's this big production and, um, you know, from not people not understanding, you know, and discriminate against them. And then uh, this is in the middle of the game. It was bad. And, you know, I still friends with the gentleman, uh, energy is his name. And, you know, I look back to that moment and it helped define who he was and became a stronger person from it. Uh, but he shouldn't have to learn that way. So, uh, you know, racially discrimination in, in the moment, you know, all of us here on the screen, uh, we learn to grow with it, but uh, it's unfortunate that we have to deal with it. Uh, moving along, um, there's been an increased call for several years uh, that we needs to be, there needs to be increased athletes uh, from uh, equity deserving groups. How far has things come and how far do they need to go with having an even playing field? Um, Omar. Um, honestly, from when I came, um, in my first year of 2017, <clears throat> playing at Western, um, our team wasn't very diverse. Um, but as the years went on, we there's a lot more diversity um, in our in our team and around the league personally. Um, and I think the league is in a in a good place right now, honestly, and it has a lot of diversity people from all different walks of faith. So I believe we're making some progress. And uh, Omar, would you say that's largely because they're being assessed on their talent base and solely that? Um, I just think there's more opportunities um, and talent is being uh, like recognized all over. And um, so opportunity, I think, is just is what's there now. Sure. Uh, Jordan, uh, anything you might add in terms of it being more of an even playing field? Yeah, I think it's also getting better. I remember when I was younger, just being like the only black person or in playing on my team and just being like an outsider kind of. And then why now it's like bringing um, more people into the playing field. And also that I think that there should be like more representation that's needed. And also just within like the um, coaching field as well, just having like black woman, um, like Becky is a great example of having her around and then also just just making sure everyone feels supported. Yeah, I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, Becky, and you just go ahead and add to that. Yeah, because that's, that's an amazing point. I think kind of where we're at right now is you're not seeing so much of the discrimination on the, the player side, like in terms of bringing, you know, Black athletes into their um, to the universities and and onto their teams, but you're seeing it in the upper in the upper level, like being able to be a manager. It's like 
how do you have, if we look at like the NFL, it's almost like 75% black athletes and you only have such little amount of coaches. It's like, you know what I mean? It, at, at some point you got to show like the coaches being able to, you know, prove that they're also head coaches as well and given the opportunities to, to, um, you know, to put their self forward and, and, and show why they can, you know, coach teams and even at the GM's level. So I think that's where it's going in the future. Um, but so, yeah. so Trey, let me ask you, you know, what, what coach Flores did and, and, and stepping up the way he has, you know, yeah. they called it sort of the, the nuclear route, mm-hmm. uh, you know, big ups to him for doing that. You know, he's yeah. shattering um, some ground here for a lot of people. And, you know, I think litigation is really going to help, uh, move that dial when it comes to the NFL. Uh, so much respect for Flores and what he's doing. And, you know, the NFL's sort of owned up to it in a lack yeah. of a better way. Um, so I think good things are coming. Yeah. Um, but, but Becky, you know, going back to uh, yourself there in terms of, you know, on the coach's side of it now, uh, how do you, how did you make that transition so easy? Uh, and how do we encourage more to make that transition? Because I believe, uh, everybody on the call is right that we need more presence at the coaching level to really help uh, move the needle. I think that um, to, I think it was Omar's point, like the the piece about opportunity, I think is huge. Um, so when I was still with Western, there was the female coach apprenticeship program. And um, Nate was the one that, you know, suggested that I get involved. And I was interested in coaching, but I wasn't sure how to go about it. And like I never had a, a female head coach growing up, let alone a female like woman of color. So like, um, I think it was it was the opportunity that presented itself, and because it was already something I was interested in, um, I just kind of knew I wanted to pay it forward and and really just also just have that representation because again, I growing up I didn't have that, and I know that it's important for others to see themselves. No, that's great. Um, as student athletes and leaders with prominent positions uh, at a major university, you know, Western's one of the biggest campuses in the country without doubt. Um, do you feel as student athletes, you have a platform to make an impact for the future? I mean, we talked about how the transition to coaches and getting some more people in the right spots, but, you know, as, as athletes of color um, in a predominantly white school, let's be honest, you know, do you feel like you have a platform to make a change, Aaron? Uh, 100%. Um, programs, like Becky just mentioned, um, you know, mentorship programs, uh, off the top of the head, you know, the student athlete mentorship program or peer programs like that are examples of platforms that student athletes are, um, you know, kind of given. And it gives a chance to, you know, represent not only like the, the student community, the student athlete community, but also like the greater surrounding, um, like London and Western communities, showing that there are, um, you know, people of color, uh, BIPOC individuals that are, um, you know, helping others get to where they are. Um, for me, that was like a huge piece my first year and seeing, um, you know, Becky LeBlanc um, and other uh, prominent, you know, um, athletes that are pushing into those new spaces and, and out, um, you know, reaching out to younger individuals to show that it's a possibility to be where they are. Um, yeah, Seth, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, as an international student as well, there's a different layer for you in terms of what you're looking for, but, you know, uh, do you feel like you have a platform to, uh, to vocalize your opinion? 
I strongly believe so. I'm, I'm heavily involved in the Mustang Athlete Student Council, and I believe that we can formulate like equity-seeking programs, which will be kind of carried on as like new people fill positions every single year. And yeah, with the sustenance of the committee itself, um, then those programs will continue to benefit like people like for years to come. So I, I truly believe that there is an opportunity for that to happen. Omar, do you uh, concur with other two? If you want to add on, please feel free. Yeah, I do. Um, it's just apart from doing the extracurriculars and like these mentor programs and things that you can do to help out, like they all mentioned, um, just to show that it's attainable, like uh, for somebody growing up to see um, people of color like them um, in these places and, and doing well and graduating and getting a degree and, and moving on their life while also playing athletics, like that goes just as far as doing the, the extra things as well. So just showing that it's attainable and doable is extremely uh, important. And, and Jordan, you, you know, can you think of some ways that you feel supported if you were to make an impact? You know, um, is it coaches support? Is it uh, within your team? You know, list some ways that if you were ready to make an impact, uh, you know, how would you go about doing that? Yeah, I think it would be just being like a role model and just having the, yes, the support from my team and my coaches, just being able to have just um, different ideas presented and how we, we can get involved and reach out to others. Yeah, no, that's exactly, and it leads to the next question, uh, K5, you know, how important is it for you to see, uh, for the youth to see you, uh, you know, as you play sports that you're interested in and, you know, like, think about that, uh, you know, I have a five and eight year old running around this house and house and, you know, how important is it for a child of that age to see someone like yourself, K5, doing and making an impact? Um, very important. Um, honestly, for me, um, I never really got to see probably a lot of people of color in like spots where we are now. Um, as a kid, like I, like I always remember, like I had these goals and everything, but then like you never truly seen someone probably from like the same place as me. Um, we have the same skin color and like such like that. So for me personally, I think it's it's very important to also acknowledge that like everyone here on this call, um, we all play like a big role in trying to help kids who are like younger than us to grow and also have these goals to like aim and like shoot to be like us. So, yeah. No, that's great. And, you know, um, <clears throat> uh, Becky, I would say, you know, with someone just looking at you and you being on the sidelines as a coach, uh, obviously they're assuming that you play the sport. Um, but do you feel there's a difference uh, from a young person looking up, seeing a coach versus an athlete, or do you just think it's great to have that presence and let's keep building on it? Um, I think that both are definitely necessary. Of course, like their first step would probably be playing the sport. So seeing the athletes of color, like is going to, you know, help them to see that it's like achievable. Um, but I think the, the coaching piece is also just as important of having representation there just because you know, when they get to that space, they, they have to feel supported, right? And they still want to be be seen. So I think it's important to have the represent, representation on both sides of it for that reason. You know, Trey, I'm going to circle back to you. And, you know, I don't know how many um, youth sport coaches that coach football are, are, are of color. Um, 
you know, is it just the head coach position right now that needs to change the landscape in Canada when it comes to football or is it, you know, at all layers and we'll take baby steps right now? Yeah. Um, I'm not aware of how many head coaches are coaches of, of color. I know the St. FX coach um, is, but I'm not too sure across what it is across Canada. Um, even for our assistant coaches, um, I think we have one or two assistant coaches who's a person of color. So again, it's, it's definitely something that, that you want to see um, more representation with and just kind of like the idea, because we do have a, a like a, a master's in coaching um, that, that we offer at, at Western as well too. But I think it's more so pushing that idea of, hey, like your only route isn't trying to make it to the league as a, as a player and things like that. Like you can also use your mind you know what I mean? And, and, and be able to be a coach and things like that. So trying to get that foot in the door and honestly, and knowing how to like, like Becky had mentioned, it was kind of like a thing where she wasn't really sure how to go about it, how to do it. And um, I think it's more just awareness of, you know, there's different routes that you can take in. And I think it's more discussions and, and talking about it. Cause I think a lot of people may, even if they wanted to be a coach, they're just like, I don't even know where to begin, what to do, whatever. So I think it's something that should just be talked about, talked about more. Yeah. No, that's fair. And um, <clears throat> maybe Omar, uh, and then I'll come to you, uh, K5. You know, have you done anything uh, to inspire the next generation? Uh, you know, you know, you're seeing uh, in basketball the late the fruits of Vince Carter. Uh, you know, many moons ago, and how. Canadian basketball is flourishing right now. You know, it takes time, but, you know, you never know what kind of impact you're going to make, uh, Omar. And have you tried, uh, you know, changing that paradigm a little bit? Uh, yeah. Um, and if I'm speaking from a basketball perspective, um, being a player, like the Canadian player, um, the dream of everybody is to play Division One basketball. Um, and like Canada basketball, like when I was younger, wasn't really looked upon as a, as a good thing. Um, and just growing up with that mentality, when you're seeing people talk like that, you just don't think that there's talent that plays in Canada and you're always trying to go down south. And now after coming, playing at this level and seeing his growth and stuff, like it's, it's, um, it's really high level basketball. Um, and if you have the opportunity to go to a school here and be close to home and stuff like that, it's, it beats, other than the high, high major schools and stuff like that, it's, it's, a, it's the same opportunity. Um, so. And, and now you're seeing a lot of players coming from Canada playing pro professional basketball overseas and stuff like that. So just kind of um, changing the narrative and um, breaking the barrier that it's possible to do it from from here as well. Thanks, uh, Seth. You know, have you uh, been able to reach out to uh, you know your network back home and, and inspire some of that youth uh, to maybe follow your footprint of coming to university in Canada uh, as opposed to the states? Yeah, I've actually had quite a few people reach out to me about wanting to come to Western after kind of see seeing my my documented journey here this far. Um, and like some people have been successful with that. I, I am a Canadian citizen that was born here. So it, it made it a little bit easier for me to um, transition into to going to school in Canada rather than like just being like an international student. Um, but yeah, definitely I have like put a lot of um, people onto my my head coach um, and they've gone through the entire recruiting process and have now become a member of our team uh, just through like my connection with them. Oh, that's great. And yeah, I apologize that I said you're an international student. Um, <laughs> um, you know, 
Jordan, uh, as we sort of celebrate Black History Month here in February, um, is there anything that you've seen um, that's made a, that's particularly like stands out that has an impact? Um, that's something that you want to see happen moving forward at all that comes through? And I'll jump around after as well. Um, just probably just be about celebrating this uh, uh, Black excellence and uh, Black achievements around Western. Like, I know there is the gender equity on Instagram, just celebrating um, Black women's accomplishments and just different initiatives around campus going on. So I think that's really important that we have that. Erin, what about yourself? So are my uh, connections going in and out? I, I it's okay, we're looking for, that point. for some feedback on uh, your perception of Black History Month and what's moved the needle uh, for yourself that's made an impact and sort of maybe something you picked up in the last month or um, something that you're carrying with you as you move through this month. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of uh, universities uh, have, you know, through their sports programs or, you know, just their main page have been sharing some black history about their university um, and, and how they've grown. Um, like, for example, I just came across, you know, Queen's University, the banned um, black medical students up until, you know, I, I believe it was like around 1960s, like pretty relevant. Um, and that was pretty shocking. So to learn um, about their history and how they've kind of recognized and reconciled those is pretty interesting. Um, and I love to see that. It's, it's, it seems to have more value and it hits deeper, you know? No, thanks. Uh, K5, what about yourself? Um, for me personally, um, it's just honestly good just to see people just keep growing. Um, honestly, I come from a place where not a lot of kids usually go this route. Like for me, um, Michael obviously was first to go to D1 and then obviously came to Western and I made like the right choice at the end. But for me, it's just like not a lot of kids get to do the same path as us. And I think it's just like you need to raise more. It's just kind of just going back to where like you started from. For me, um, I have a lot of friends that obviously couldn't have this opportunity to basically play sports because obviously just like the circumstances obviously changed that. Um, and it's obviously up to obviously see that like a lot of these kids just can't have like the, the same opportunity as us. But this is coming back to bringing back everything, I think. Oh, that's great. Uh, what about yourself, Trey? Um, anything sticking with you that, uh, you know, is worth uh, sharing here? Um, I don't have anything like in, in particular, but the, the biggest thing that I've noticed or that I've, that I've liked to, that I've um, liked seeing um, is that we're sharing more of kind of the achievements um, and excellence instead of looking back at so many of, you know, like kind of like the terrible things, events, like in my 24, almost 25 years of life, like I've, I've heard and seen all of the movies and all the things that were all these terrible things that have happened and, and things like that, which I'm not saying you don't need to learn those things, but it's also a nice light to be able to see, you know, the good things that have come out of, you know, so many people's stories and, and their success and, and being able to see that side of it as well. And those are a lot of the stories that I'm starting to see being being shared and shown. And I like that that's being pushed a lot more um, in this in this month. So that's just what I have to say on that. 
No, perfect. Uh, Omar, anything to add on top of that? No, just jumping off of uh, tracing, like, you know, it's uh, it's important to know both sides of it, um, the good and the bad. And um, I think we're all knowledgeable about the bad that's happened to um, people of color. Um, and so uh, it's going to be good to sh uh, showcase and um, see Black excellence and um, for the kids uh, that are growing up to see that. Mm -hmm. uh, moving into the last question, uh, Becky, um, you know, as, as someone that ha has walked, you know, a transition through a couple of roles now, um, if there's a youth that comes up to you that wants to know more about your story, how do you sort of tell that story uh, in a short little glimpse that you might have with that person? Because, you know, there's so much that goes into all of our stories and, you know, you want to share the good stuff and, and obviously the highlights, but, you know, adversity that's come along with with it as a female and some adverse moments I bet you know how do you bottle that all up and deliver it in a short period of time um I typically don't <laughs> I talk a lot so I tend to just tell them the whole thing um but I usually kind of gauge depending on how old they were um I kind of try to think about where I was when I was their age and the things that I was struggling with and trying to figure out um so, you know, if it was if it was an athlete in high school, like just explaining to them that, you know, there's going to be barriers and you might not be the most recruited athlete and, you know, you might you might get looked off by some schools, but not to let it get you down and, and stay true to yourself and, and your training and working towards what you want to get, um, because it's, it's possible. And there's so many people there to support you. No, that's great. Uh, Jordan, uh, <clears throat> you know. How do you summarize that all? Did Becky do a good job? And you know, you try to take it for their perspective and add a little bit. Yeah, I think Becky did a good job. I would say just tell them like you're on the right path and that there will be some things, some challenges in the way, but you'll get through it. And also like what you're doing is like um, right where like you need to be and then just um, sharing just what maybe I went through and just how what I did to do um, get through it and just like making sure yeah you know like they're on the right path. Um, Seth we'll finish with you uh, last question you know do you have a mentor Seth uh, that you rely on uh, during some of the things that you might need to have conversations with and and have you spoken to them um, about some of the adversities or discrimination. I know that your story is different than some of other of us that have grown up in Canada per se, but you know, what would your mentor's advice be? And do you have a mentor that you speak to about this? Uh, one of my biggest mentors would be Damien Warner. Um, he trains here at Western. So it's kind of crazy to have an Olympic gold medalist, um, fourth all time in the decathlon at our own home turf. So yeah, I had a conversation with Damien on Wednesday, uh, just about kind of just navigating life as an athlete and outside of that. Um, he also has a similar background where his, his dad is from Barbados and he was telling me that he hasn't been able to go visit his family. And there was a two year period where I wasn't able to go visit my family. So um, just kind of being able to, to sit down and converse with someone who has not only been on every single um, in every single scenario in an athletic um, sphere of things, but also to 
have some sort of relation with them in your own personal life um, has definitely been a, a pretty grounding um, like experience for me. Just being able to, to talk to him and to, to learn from him in every which way um, has definitely helped throughout my time at Western, for sure. Yeah, I mean, being a Londoner, born and raised, and uh, just like Damien, uh, you know, the, the common phrase that I hear about him is that he's salt of the earth, you know, he he always means well, has a lot of character, and obviously we know how outstanding of an athlete he is. Um, I think that wraps up uh, our episode here, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, appreciate all your time. And um, as they say on Satellite Radio, uh, Black History Month forever, not just uh, this month here. <laughs>